Rebel Radio Spooky Cast, um, the final yeah. week of Halloween horrors, and um, a week in which we're going to back the levels of a few notches down compared to last week's uh, absolutely terrifying ordeal of Matt making me watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first yeah. time ever. <laughs> and uh, I, by the way, a week later, Matt, I haven't forgiven you yet. Uh, that's good. It's he, still sticking with you. And I want to clarify because a couple of people were like, well, that's not scary. No, it's not bloody. No, it's not. But it's absolutely fucking terrifying. Yeah. I'm like. Toby Hooper I, did a good uh, job. It's just like. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I'm not a pussy or anything. I know it's not scary, but it's it's a mentally mental mindfuck, that movie. Yeah, we talked about it. We're like, man, yeah. you know, whenever you pass by these small towns in Texas, I'll you're like, fucking watch man, it. is there one of those never families? <laughs> then a couple of people were like, oh, you need to watch part two now and part three. I'm like, no, I'm good. I really don't ever. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> part two is like nuts in a, in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, and then part three is just like, Dumb. It's yeah, not that great. I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. I, I don't need to watch that stuff anymore. Um, and I thought having to watch Hellraiser was bad. Um, I'll, I'll watch Hellraiser any day over Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, but we we um, we survived it. We watched it and we accomplished. It. And and to be fair, and I'm I'm gonna knock on friend of the show Winter and uh, your um your recent mask purchase. I did yes. like Texas Chainsaw Massacre much more than I liked Halloween. I just not, a, I find Halloween fucking boring and just not that good. That's just my personal opinion, but I did like Texas Chainsaw way better. There we go. You like the grandfather, grandfather of all slashers. And, and, you know, I love John Carpenter and several of his films, but I'm just not a fan of Halloween. <clears throat> this doesn't do it for me. Doesn't get my woody wooded. <laughs> You're woody wooded. Um, I don't know. Uh, trying to add some humor to the darkness. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're going to stay dark. We're going to do the. There is some out. humor in this movie we're talking about today. Yeah, we're going to knock out the news first because there's not a whole lot, unfortunately. Very slow news weekend, and the the two bits of news that I do have that aren't news are, are a bit sad. Man, we lost a couple of um, actors in, in recent days. Uh, Today, we lost Richard Maul, man. Um, people remember him playing the bailiff on Night Court, the voice of Two-Face in Batman the Animated Series. Oh, wow. I always remember him appearing in an episode of uh, the Highlander TV series, mm-hmm. and he was a bad guy in one of the episodes, and just a, a big, friendly presence on screen. Six-five, tall guy, um, you know, well-liked by his peers, and he was 80 years old, and he, we, so we lost Richard Maul from Night Court. And uh, we also lost another Richard this week, Richard Roundtree. Yeah, I saw that, man. The man that, can you dig it, ladies? I mean, this is the, the, man, you know, Shaft is, uh, I mean, he's like the original, he's like the OG Black Panther on the big screen for young, for young black kids. I mean, yeah. And, 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 and black moviegoers in the 70s, man, that, that gave them a character that they can watch and they can relate to. And, uh, and, and enjoy his adventures, man. And he brought that to life on the big screen, and he, and he had a um, presence about him, and, and he'll be forever remembered. And they had the the legacy sequel a few years ago with Samuel L. Jackson, where yeah, Roundtree back to play his. Uh, I think he was his nephew or something in the movie, if I remember right. I mm-hmm. did see the remake. I just don't recall it all. But uh, and Samuel L. Jackson left a touching tribute for Roundtree on his uh, social. Media. I saw that. But, yeah, uh, man. But you know, and a couple of couple of great guys we lost this week. And, um, you know, uh, but Roundtree is, and his legacy is, is incredible. What he brought to, uh, to black actors and black film and things like that. Um, and it's highly appreciative because he paved the way for a lot more people. And, uh, and there's a lot to be said about that. Mm-hmm. Action and, uh, Jackson, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then of course, Richard Mall always be remembered for being the goofy bailiff on night court that people, Watched back when sitcoms were a big thing, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, uh, and, and I want to talk and I'm leading back around to Richard Mall because, uh, it looks like Lionsgate is officially moving forward with their, uh, their Highlander reboot with start when they plan and they still plan on starring Henry Cavill and Chad Zulinski from the John Wick films directing. Badass. In fact, they are attending the American film purchasing Institute this weekend to sell the film to a uh, financers to get the movie financed, and uh, 
and they hope to start shooting uh, sometime in 2024. Obviously, they're waiting for all the strikes to finish and things like that. But, uh, man, I am. Um, I love Highlander, and uh, and I'm always real cautious about remakes and reboots, and and as we all are with these times. And and uh, but man, I can't help but be excited about a fucking Highlander movie made by Chaz Shalinsky and starring Henry Cavill. I mean, yeah, dude, sounds like it'd be pretty fucking badass. I mean, if you saw like the sword play action in The Witcher with Cavill. It's like, and if we get something like that, I mean, he's so good at it. But I mean, the and director, John Wick, doing the action. I mean, oh, yeah, dude. It's it's going to bring it up like two notches, man. Yeah. At least. And they're they're going to they're gonna take the lore of Highlander a little bit, and they're going to uh, take elements of the television show and the movies, and they're going to do it. They're going to back up a little bit and do almost like a prequel is what Chad was saying, where it uh, tells the time before the gathering really began, because they want to be able to build this as a franchise. Yeah. And build it up to the gathering. Um, I mean, I think that's a great idea. Couldn't you see an awesome trilogy of Highlander films? And the third film is The Gathering, where he, Henry Cavill, I'm assuming he's going to play Connor McCloud, will be have to be the one at the end where there can be only one. Um, I think that's a great idea. Instead of just pulling your wad in the first film, build up to The Gathering. You know, Will they have a Scottish person play a Mexican this time, though? I mean, they could. They could. Know. What yes. if you had an Australian I'm person and you brought in like Hugh Jackman and he's Australian and he played. Oh, dude, that'd be badass. You know, or a I, I think you have to do that because there was that like, wait, he's a Scottish, Spanish, or Mexican. Or you just cast the two go-to Mexican guys, Antonio Banderas or Javier Bardem. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Bring one of those guys in. And then he used a rapier sword. Um, at one point, which is like French. And I'm like, this guy's like multicultured. <laughs> He's fucking James Bond, dude. He can do what he yeah. wants, you know? I mean, that's true, man. Yeah, that's all there is to it. Um, and on another note, uh, Jason Blumhouse has been talking up the Spawn reboot, him and Todd McFarlane. This thing is still happening. They're going to call it the superhero version, the Blumhouse version of a superhero movie. Whatever that oh, means. Oh, wow. Exactly. I, you know, um, so, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I enjoyed the original Spawn for what it is. You know, we did it on the podcast recently, and we were admit that it's not great, but there's something cheesily enjoyable about it, you know? Yeah. But it's definitely a character that needs a big-budget um, remake uh, with a well-done storyline. And um, so I think it's, it'll be cool to see a Spawn reboot. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's all the news I have, really, you know, going on. So. Very little news this week. Yeah. This actor strike needs to end. Well, you know, I saw something that was news. I saw uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley at a concert, and they performed Boats and Hose, and then they brought Snoop Dogg on on stage to do to do Boats and Hose. And uh, and I was like, man, are they like touring and and uh, and going around? Is well, they had the Prestige Worldwide banner in the background. But it was a, uh, it was pretty cool, man. I was like, that, mm. I was like, that's awesome, man. Got prestige worldwide up there. I one of my feeds, and I didn't pay it total attention. I guess I should have. Yeah, man, they did a little, little performance, and then Snoop came on stage, and I was like, that's freaking awesome, man. I mean, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fly if it's got Snoop on it, you know. Hell yeah, man. Um, man, besides um, that, man, I, uh, I mean, I watched. Uh, an interesting movie. I watched uh, Sisu. The Nazi oh man, I've been on. thinking about watching that. It's a uh, bring your expectations down from the okay. incredibly badass trailer that aired in front of John Wick. Yeah, the trailer is freaking awesome. The movie, it's not bad. I mean, it's a quick watch. It's only an hour and a half, but like the action is um, not quite as intense as the trailer made it out to be. Okay, but it's definitely stylized action. Like, there's a part. Where he shoots a guy with a, a rifle in his chin and the dude's head pops off or pops <laughs> open. I'm like, okay, rifle's probably not going to pop that dude's head open, but it looks cool in a movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, great effect. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's ultra violent. Um, the, the, the character of Sisu goes through so much that you're like, there's no fucking way this guy would survive. So it's definitely <laughs> got that John Wick thing going. Um, it's based on total fiction, even though it takes place during World War II. Um, I had to look it up and it's all based on, you know, just ideas and stories. There's no legitimate history to it at all. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, uh, it was fun. 
you know, I mean, I was bored. I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch this and, uh, and give it a, give it a, give it a look. And, uh, you said for 90 minutes, you'll be entertained. You'll be highly entertained. It's definitely entertaining. Um, oh, yeah. it's just, just the tra- It was one of those movies that the trailer was way better than the actual movie, but you're like, oh, happens okay. a lot, man. But, but Happen- it was still cool. Um, and, uh, but yeah, man, I, I check it out. I'd watch it. I mean, it doesn't cost nothing to watch it. Um, and then I watched, uh, Actually, I haven't finished it. I, I need to finish. I started watching Nightmare on Elm Street Four: The Dream Master. Yeah, I've been years since I've seen that one, and I was like, yeah, "We've been doing horror movies. I'm thinking about movies we could do next year." And uh, it's definitely, man. I think Freddy's funny in it. It's like his funniest Freddy movie. Like his jokes are just like he kills a guy in a waterbed, and he's like, "How's that for a wet dream?" I'm just like, <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. It's like. You know, Oh, friggin' Robert England. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I was reading, man, it's a lot of people's favorite Freddy movie. A lot of people really like the Dream Master a lot. Really? Um, and I can see why. Freddy's kind of got more of a uh, an appeal to it. Um it, with his humor. And I'll finish it this weekend. And uh, I don't know, I was just in the mood to to watch it. And um, That's definitely yeah. his calling card, the the funny kills. Yeah. I mean, I was just cracking up. He's like, I was up for a white period. <laughs> 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 um it is kind of funny though, because like all the dream warriors that, you know, had killed him in part three. Yeah. Kincaid. Like, they all get wiped out. Like in the first 30 minutes of this one, like all of a sudden Freddie comes yeah. back and he's just like, fuck y'all. I'm killing all y'all. They completely forgot how to fight him. And Freddie just takes them all out just to move the plot forward towards the dream master. It's like mortal combat annihilation. You know, right. it's like they show Shao Kahn shows up, kills Johnny Cage, you know, kills all these main right. characters. It's like, and Freddy, you're like, what the hell? Freddie gets woken up by some dog pisses on some gasoline or whatever. Yeah. And the, the ground shakes and Freddie comes out and he's like, I'm back. And he just takes out the dream warriors. It's like, yep. <laughs> it's like okay, that just happened. Um, but you know, it's, but you gotta, take your expectations of those films down a little bit and, you know, and realize like you're watching a Freddy Krueger movie, you know, you're not going to get exactly caliber plot lines. You know, it's, it's not Martin Scorsese directs, you know, nightmare on Elm street four. No, 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 that's it. Um, but that's really about all I watched this week. Um, but I'm on vacation this week, so I'm going to try to get some more things watched this, this coming week. I'm off. Nice man. Yeah. We had, we had talked about the, uh, the mask that I had, I had gotten and I was like, man, you know, I want to see, uh, I knew it was coming in, um, which was the, uh, it was, a you know, Michael Myers, uh, Halloween ends mask, the one where it's all like molded and stuff, uh, from the 2022 film. And, uh, I was like, man, you know what? Uh, I've never, I've never seen the Rob zombie Halloween films. Oh, no, uh, I wish you had it. Yeah. It's not that great. Even um, I've seen that, you know, what, as much as I don't like the original Halloween, I actually saw that with the ex-wife and I hated every second of it. Even she said it was bad. Yeah. I guess it's not very good. <laughs> it's like they try and make, they, they try and extend on Michael's background and try and make it like he came from an abusive, you know, home and stuff like that. And then that's what drove him to, you know, madness and stuff like that. But you've got John, Donny, Tra- Danny Trejo in it. And that's pretty cool. And then, I watched the second one halfway. I got to finish it. Uh, you know, if I get back to it, cause that's something I can just, you know, if I finish it, I finish it. If I don't, I don't big, no big deal. Uh, and then, uh, I did watch a new movie, um, that just came out. Uh, and that's, uh, five nights at Freddy's. Um, it was, uh, released in theaters, but is also streaming on Peacock. Um, so, uh, you can, uh, you know, you can watch Five Nights at Freddy's on on Peacock, and uh, it is uh, based off of. Uh, there's some lore to Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, and I don't know the lore. My son does, um, but he really wanted to watch the movie, and it's got uh, it's got Matthew Lillard in it uh, from Scream, Scooby Doo movies, uh, Thirteen Ghosts, uh, and it's got uh, the guy who played Peta from the uh, Hunger Games. He's in it as well. And it's, it's a Blumhouse film. It's uh, I, th- I thought it was solid. You know, some people think Willie's Wonderland with Nick Cage is better. I think they're both about the same. Um, I do. Reviews haven't been too kind of five nights at Freddy's. No, no. Yeah. I think it's like a, by solid, I mean, you know, like maybe a, you know, a C or C minus, you know, that's a horror film for it to get like high praise. It's gotta be, 
pretty damn good. Uh, you know, your, your, your Hellraisers, your, you know, maybe Psycho's up there. Um, you know, there's definitely some that are better than others. The original Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, stuff like that. But this is not one of your upper echelon horror films. That's, that's for sure. But it was interesting enough. Uh, and it's, it's free streaming on Peacock. So if you, if you want to check it out, it's free on there. And I don't even have to go to, uh, you know, Cinemark to go, you know, use uh, money on a ticket. Just watch it from your home. Let me ask you, what do you, do you think in the, the age of cinema and, and horror, do you think we've seen the best horror movie ever made yet? I, I think so. Movie, like you could take like certain genres, like science fiction, drama, comedy, and it's, you could pinpoint one or two that are pretty solid, like, like, or a war movie, like say, yeah, Ryan would pop in your head. Oh Action yeah. Adventure Raiders of the Lost Ark would pack in your head. But when it comes to horror, because it's such a still modernly accepted genre, mm-hmm. it's hard to like, there's some good ones. There's some classics, but it feels like the best ever has not even been made yet. If that makes sense. It depends you know? on, you know, well, I think that there's definitely, uh, I, I think it's, it's hard to say that there's going to be better that comes out right. for me. You can um, do so much with the genre. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a, a lot of movies that just use a bunch of jump scares, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, or they, they just try and be really, really bloody and violent. Um, and you know, you lose, uh, you know, you lose the element well, of satisfaction, you know, and I was thinking whenever about you do this. that. I was thinking about like, if I had to pick three, I don't think I would even pick three that I think are the best. I think I would look at it as the way they define the genres at the time. And yeah. Be, you made me think about it. It would be psycho. It yep. would be the Texas chainsaw massacre. And then maybe scream because they each define horrors for their eras. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah. that is not to say there's not other good films in there, but you almost have to look like at, at horror films as what defined each era of horror. Cause, cause horror in the sixties and the eighties and then even the nineties is all so different from yes. each other. You know, big time. It was a little campy, a little silly, but yet Texas Chainsaw paved that way. And maybe to an extent Halloween, you know, the, the, the Alfred Hitchcock stuff in the sixties and seventies was very, psychological not so much bloody and gory and then in the 90s it's kind of self self depreciating humor um with a you know and then you have a, you still have the dark stuff like hostile and the torture porn but scream yeah. kind of modernized it to say hey horror can be fun too you know yes yeah you can add that satire element uh to horror in a in a creative way and it brought a uh, brought horror films uh you know back into the spotlight because yeah. it Made and so now, much money, you know. Now we're jumping thirty years later into the the Blumhouse era, and they're doing stuff that yeah. is different and and appealing to mass audiences and people. And they're doing horror films of all different kinds. They're doing the jump scare stuff. Is is the Nun them or is that A twenty four? I thought, I man, but, I thought but that they, was A twenty four. Yeah, I think it is A twenty four. But that's another company between Blumhouse A twenty four. They're doing movies that are jump scares, but they're also doing classic horror like The Invisible Man, mm-hmm. um, and and they're doing sci-fi horror. Like they got the you know the Spawn reboot's going to be kind of sci-fi horror. So you have even even things have changed even now, you know. Yeah, um, and then you know there's movies that you know it's like it's not jump scare or you know or maybe it's story as well. But you have these uh, some of these legacy sequels like I saw you know Evil Dead Rise and. I thought it was, it was pretty good. Like the, the tone and the atmosphere that they set. And I was like, man, it's been a while since I've seen a horror movie use that, you know, it's, you don't see it a lot. So it's, it's cool um, to see that nowadays because I feel like that's, that's what, you know, like seventies horror was. But I also think the best horror sometimes for me as a viewer is like, I can enjoy a Freddy Krueger movie and kind of laugh at it, have fun. And I, yeah, a scream movie. But like Texas Chainsaw or even The Fly, because you think about The Fly when it came out in 1986, which was just a couple weeks ago, and science was moving very quickly in the 80s. And you yeah. think, man, like, what if that happened? You know, because it, you know, now we know that it's feasibly probably not possible. But in the 1980s, man, that played on people's fears. 
Oh, yeah. You know, modern science, you know, and that's what makes it horrifying in a different way than being jump scares or Freddy Krueger or Michael Myers slashing someone up. Kind of like invasion of the body snatchers, you know, it's like, oh, man, what if we're being taken over? You know, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I didn't mean to get a little tangent there. Yeah, no, you're yeah, right. I, you're I, I absolutely kind of, right. Kind of, well, it wasn't really a tangent because I kind of planned to have that discussion near the show. It's yeah. Like a good point right there to get that discussion in. But anything else you watched this week? That's that was really it. I just uh, you know yeah. You you watched Barbie. You have to admit to this. Oh, I did. I did watch Barbie. I watched. I, man, I almost forgot. I know. I watched. I'm call you out on it because I yeah. watched it and took my daughter and I and I gave an honest opinion of it. So you know yeah. I'm call you out. It's okay. Our man cards can be tested and say we watched. <laughs> I did watch it. Um, there there are funny elements to it. I you know I get why some people were bashing it, but you know I think you just took the movie too seriously if you're bashing it. Um, because it's a movie that shouldn't really be taken serious. It's, it's a comedy, you know, it's got a lot of comedic aspects to it. Reminds me somewhat of Lego movie, but it's not, you know, verbatim Lego movie. You know, there is like a Lego world and a human world, uh, where you do have a president business played by Will Ferrell. And then he's like, I basically president business here. But you I, know? I, I rewatched it with Waverly this past week and the kids. And I, I mean, I think it's, it's funnier the second time I watched it. Cause there's a lot of jokes that I didn't pick up on the first time. I like whenever he, he's like, uh, discovering like patriarchy <laughs> and, uh, he's like, Oh yeah, that's what we need. And so he's like dressing like friggin' Sylvester Stallone from Rocky mixed with Dude, a cowboy. Gosling and is all this great stuff. in the movie. Yeah. I mean, he's Oscar worthy. Great. I think they could get a nomination. I like Gosling, man. He, he does it, good he's comedy. Really good. He has a lot of fun with it. You can tell he's just having a blast. Yeah, man. Uh, and then Margot's good. Ugly Betty's in it. Uh, John Cena makes a, a cameo as a friggin' mermaid. <laughs> uh, but and then there's like I told you an unusual amount of Matchbox Twenty in the movie. And uh, but I'm just like yeah. And the, and the damn. Uh, song got stuck in my head that Ryan Gosling sings because it's like it used to play all the time in the 90s. Uh, it's I want to push you around. And I was like, oh man, it's bringing me back to like listening to 104 KRBE in the 90s. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's got some good humor in it. It's it's got a an interesting story. Um, the different Barbies uh, are funny. And uh, I mean, I, I think it's uh, I don't know. May, I, I probably wouldn't have paid the rental fee that it is right now. But whenever it, like if it dropped to like the $10 rental or the $5 rental, I would have, I would have watched message it overall. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can see why it was a phenomenon, why it's successful. You know, it, uh, played to mass audiences. You know, yeah, definitely. And, and it generally, it genuinely is a good film. I mean, you know, and uh, I, and that's why I hate people when they make comments. Oh, it just looks stupid. I'm not going to see it. Like, how do you know it looks stupid? You haven't seen the movie. It's like, yeah. Judge for yourself. Judge for yourself, man. Watch it. Check it out. Um, it's it's okay still watch Margo yeah. for two hours. I mean, yeah. you do get to see Margot. That is true. Yeah, I mean, people think I watched Wolf of Wall Street for Leonardo DiCaprio. Fuck no. No, nah, dude. Watched it for friggin' Margot Robbie. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Moment. We're we're just having a moment here for Margot Robbie, people. <laughs> a moment for Margot Robbie. That's right. Um, she's really good in the movie too. I mean, Ryan's good, but she's she's also really good. Actually, oh, yeah. everyone. I think the entire cast. Uh, I think that's what sells Barbie. Is the entire cast believes in what they're doing. They all give good performances, and they sell the audience the movie. And you're thoroughly entertained for two hours. Michael is Cerna is still Michael Cerna, though. Right. But that's what a movie should do. It should sell itself to its audience and entertain you for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And the toy lore is cool, even though I didn't play, you know, obviously didn't play with those. Oh, yeah. But, sure. yeah. <laughs> but it was it was cool to uh, to see the the toy lore that they used actual toys um, oh. and, and releases and, and brought that back in there and then showing some of them at the end. And I was like, oh, cool, toys. Yeah. Mattel. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a fun movie. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's get into um, our final movie for the month of October for Halloween Horrors. And as we close things out this week with um, Tim Burton's 
take on the legend of uh, Sleepy Hollow in his film, Sleepy Hollow. And Matt, I'm going to let you summarize this one. Yeah. So um, in the uh, name of science, uh, Ichabod Crane, the constable out of, uh, I'm not sure what town he's based off of, but um, the great Christopher Lee sends him to investigate a slew of beheadings um, that have happened in the small town of Sleepy Hollow, a uh, Czech town, Dutch town, Dutch town of Sleepy Hollow. Um, He has a past that is touched upon where his mother was, uh, you know, accused of witchcraft and he, and he found her dead, which, you know, is a, a driving factor um, in his relationship with Katrina, whom he meets the daughter of uh, Baltus Van Tessel, leader of the town. Um, And there he discovers that, you know, this headless horseman is real he applies some scientific techniques, but he has to reach out to that other side, that witchcraft side, um, where he, you know, discovers, uh, you know, the witchcraft that is used to bind um, the Hessian, um, the headless horseman played by Christopher Walken, and uh, he, you know, he he's attacked by the horsemen. Um, he witnesses other attacks by the horsemen. Um, he's, you know, going through, um, the, the slew of murders and bodies that the head, this horseman is leaving in his wake and, uh, you know, eventually comes to a head where he finds that, uh, Van Tessel's, um, wife, uh, newly, yeah, new, uh, newly wed wife, um, who actually we find forced her way into the home, um, made his first wife sick and then married to try and get all of his property because her last name is Archer and the Ben Tessels, you know, were the ones that basically ruined her family life and shooed her out of the, you know, town and, and took the land and stuff like that. So Ben Tessels, you know, basically screwed her and her family over. And this was, um, all a big plot to, control the Hessian, get the land back from the Ventessels through the marriage bed. Um, and, you know, Ichabod has to help save the day with the help, help of Katrina. And uh, they're able to put the heads of this horseman to rest. And she, he takes the, uh, the, you know, crazy wife down into the depths of hell and sleepy hollow is, is safe after this, uh, you know, this, you know, over, you know, overzealous and horrible use of uh, demonic forces um, to gain land back. Great use of Christopher Walken, though. It's like someone had this great idea. They're like, we're going to get Christopher Walken in here, but we're not going to make him say a damn thing. He's just going to growl the whole time. <laughs> um, okay. First off, I must say last week I said, I forgot how bloody this movie was. I know last week on the show, I'm like, oh, this one's probably the least gory we've done. Uh, I was wrong about that. The, 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 so. the friggin' tree. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen this. Um, second, um, yeah, Christopher Walken uh, wanted to be in the movie so bad to work with Tim Burton. He didn't even tell Tim Burton he didn't know how to ride a horse until wow. the first day of shooting. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know how to ride a horse? And Christopher Walken's like, oh, you know, I don't know how to ride a horse. I read <laughs> And um, so he had a lot of no. He had to learn how, to ride. how to ride a horse. Then he found out like that he wasn't gonna have any lines, and he's like, "Oh, okay." He didn't really, know. He's like, <laughs> whatever. Um, and then did he did he probably double found out where you're not gonna see your head most of the film. Uh-huh. Um, but it but it worked. Uh, Johnny Depp, the character of Ichabod in real life, was apparently not very attractive, and of course Johnny Depp's considered one of the most attractive actors to ever grace the screen. He offered to wear prosthetics, and uh, and and Tim Tim Burton wasn't having. It. He's like, no, no, that's not what we, that's not what the studio is paying you for. Yeah, we're not doing that. You know, you're just going to be your face. And it's like we're not. He's like, we're not making a history movie here. We're just telling a tale. You know, exactly. Um, so my, my initial thoughts on this movie because I hadn't seen it in a while um, is the first hour is a little dull. You know, um, it's a little slow. I feel like yeah. there's about 30 minutes of this movie could have been cut off. It could have told a tighter story in about an hour and 35 hour and 40 minutes. Probably. Um, yeah. The, the second hour is great. 
Like it's classic Tim Burton filmmaking. Like it's really, really good. Like some of the best Tim Burton stuff, the last hour. Um, but I can appreciate the first hour for what it sets up. I just feel like there's some exposition and stuff that can be cut back a little bit. Um, poor Casper Van Dien. You know, he did Starship Troopers and then he gets chopped in half in this movie and has never really had much of a career after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, some great choreography in this movie as far as the fights and stuff go, I think. Yeah, you know, man. For a gothic horror film. Um, some great set designs. And the crazy stuff is what's cool about this movie is it's a lot. It's majority is practical effects. There's obviously some CGI in it, but they built these sets. They built these houses. They built these trees. And the actors and everyone was absolutely amazed what it was like walking onto the set. They said, man, this feels like a Tim Burton film came to life, you know. Uh, I think they built more sets for this movie than they even did for his Batman film that he did. Oh, damn. You know, uh, and you know, cause Batman, they used uh, New York city and they use map paintings and things like that. You know, oh, this yeah. they actually built these sets. Um, uh, so some pretty neat stuff about that. Uh, it's such a stylized, cool looking film too. I mean, it, it is, it's Gothic. It's, it's dark. It's, it's, a. Uh, they drew really, inspiration from like, the crucible and hammer horror films. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you can see it. Um, yeah. you can definitely see it in, in the film, you know, and, and it was, you know, much different than what it was originally going to be conceived as they wanted it to be, you know, like a slasher, almost like mm -hmm. a slasher film. And, uh, I, I don't think it would have turned out the same, no. you know, this, this movie definitely has a, a very unique, um, style about it, bringing all that into one plus Burton. And, uh, and some of some comedic aspects. Well, the comedic aspects are what make the film keep from being depressing or, or too dark. I think Yes. the humor, the humor grounds it into a bit of a reality that make take, makes the viewer enjoy the viewing a little bit more. Cause I think without the comedy in this and the comedy has done so well and it's so just spry here and there that it, it's, it's funny and it doesn't take you out of the darkness of the film. Yeah. Ichabod being so, uh, so coy whenever he is, you know, inspecting the, uh, the lopped off, uh, area of the, of the head and a bug crawls out. And then he, he's trying to help, uh, Casper Van Diem, uh, Brom. He's trying to help him, you know, fight the horseman. You can tell he really doesn't want to get close in there. So he's like, Oh, you know, trying to, uh, just you know dandily get in there and then whenever he's got to like hack away at the roots of the uh bleeding tree he's like oof oof right. you know who's making that nasty uh you know disgusted face um and he's supposed to be this uh almost like a doctor you know i know he's not like a doctor but he's got uh forensic stuff right. and uh he works with chemicals and stuff like this all the time so it's it's funny that that's bothering him throughout the film and then, uh, yeah, they don't touch a whole lot on his mother's story, um, but you get the gist of it. Um, and it's uh, it's definitely something that's got to scar the guy. Uh, and you, you can definitely get a feel for, you know, where he's come from. And, uh, of course, um, I think Christina Ricci's uh, mother was also uh, accused of witchcraft, I think. But she's like a good witch, and that's... Mm -hmm. You know, that's touched upon, of yeah. course. It's funny because Depp was uh, weirded out at first whenever he got cast in the film. He found out that Christine Ricci was cast also and was going to play his lover. And he told Tim, he goes, man, it's like, you know, I've played like she was like my, what was it, his daughter or something in a film? Yeah. If I remember right. And he's like, this is kind of weird. And Tim's like, no, it's okay. And then Depp had a real hard time, like, uh, like separating the two. It's like. She's old enough now. And I'm thinking if I'm Johnny Depp, I'm like, man, go ahead and go get in there, man. You know, Christina's yeah. pretty hot now, you know. Yeah. She, she yeah, matured man. quite well. <laughs> oh, man. Christina Ricci, man. She yeah, was Wednesday. You know, even in the Wednesday TV show, she still looks good for her age. I mean, she's, she's fantastic. And then uh, they had, it was funny. They had Black Snake Moan on sale um, on. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever seen it? It's not good. It's, it's not, but she, no. I told Jackie, I was like, she gets like naked and stuff yeah. in it. And I was like, she shows a lot <laughs> and she looked it up and she was like, Whoa, she does. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, movie's not good though. 
No. Uh, and I said, it's, it's got that me. It's, it's from, it's, it's what made the meme of Samuel L. Jackson whenever he's like, you know, old and yeah. got the gray hair and he's like looking all crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, it, it, you know, it had a meme made out of it, but yeah, uh, Christina, man, you know, she was, she was a lot of guys, you know, poster posters on the wall. That's for sure. Um, and, uh, she looks great in the film. Um, she's, she's good as the, the daughter, the, you know, good witch. And at, at one point, uh, you know, you almost believe it's, it could be her that right. she's the one that's controlling the horseman. And, uh, I like that, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, some of these films where you don't know who the killer is at the end and you have like no idea who the killer is. Uh, and you know, there's no way you could have known this one. It's like, you all the suspects are there, but you're legitimately having a hard time figuring out who the, you know, bad guy is. Is it Baltus? Is it one of the, you know, is it the Reverend? Uh, is it the daughter? You know, you don't know. So uh, very cool, a uh, very cool aspect of the film, the who done it part. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've, we forgot to mention too the fucking emperor's in this movie, dude, Ian McDermott. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. He's in this film. I mean, so you have him and Christopher Lee. You have two Star Wars actors in this movie. Yeah. Man, and yeah, yeah. and the great Christopher Lee. I, I love, I love hearing his voice when he says Ichabod Crane in that deep Christopher Lee voice that only he can do. And yeah, I'm like, man, been, it's so. I hear them for him, 1999, because he had this, and Lord of the Rings came out later that year, The Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. he was busy. Sauron. Late career renaissance for him there, you know. And uh and Depp, man, this is Depp back when he was at the prime of his career, man, just you know, hits after hits. He was a box office success and yeah. And he you know, you gotta remember Depp too, man. He could take any kind of role back then. He would could do a sleepy hollow, he could do a romantic comedy, he could do a horror movie like the ninth gate or whatever. Yeah, and and he had success with it because he was at that point in his career where he was comfortable doing all kinds of films, and uh, and I like this Depp at that point in his career. You know, I mean, he was just doing good movies and was entertaining people, mm-hmm. one of the top actors in the world, and 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 now he's you know it's unfortunate that he's taken a turn in the media with everything that happened with Amber Heard and all that because because I truly think he is one of our good movie stars and he and he's a, and he's a good actor and. Uh, Hopefully he can get a career renaissance going again. You know, I mean, maybe they'll do this next Pirates movie finally and bring him back as Jack Sparrow or something. You know, that would be he, nice. He's a good actor, man, and uh, you know, and he's a good presence on the screen. I think the social media uh, consensus is that we'd like to see him back on the screen. Yeah, um, especially so. people that sympathize with him over Amber Heard taking a shit, you know, in his bed. Right. You know. Maybe, uh, <laughs> Maybe him and Tim can get together for another project after Tim finishes with the uh, Beetlejuice sequel that no one asked for. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I have no interest in seeing Beetlejuice 2. I just don't. I, Same I, I here. Like, I like Tim Burton, but I'm just like, I'm not a huge fan of the first Beetlejuice. I like Michael Keaton in it, as we talked about when we did the podcast. Yeah. Keaton, Keaton's great, but overall the movie, I just, it's okay. It's, you know, it's not one of the, it's not, to me, it's not even a top five Burton film for me personally. Yeah. You don't want to get nuts. No. Sounds like you don't want to get nuts. So I got no <laughs> desire to see the sequel. Um, even though I, re- I did hear that Winona Ryder showed up on set in the best shape she's been in her life. People say she looks amazing for her age. Wow. Because it feels like Stranger Things is taking so long. It feels like we haven't seen Winona on screen in a bit. Um, you know, with the That's, gaps in yeah. between seasons and stuff. So, so This is true. Because I think it's still filming. Because I think Beetlejuice is one of those movies that... Uh, chose to continue filming despite the strike. Cause there are a few movies that did that, you know, that the actors agreed to go ahead and work in some stuff. So, and there are a few movies that are still being filmed. Um, and that man, you know what? That's one thing I didn't put in the news. Mission impossible. Dead wrecking part two delayed almost a year. Oh yeah. 2025. That's nuts, man. Yeah. That, it sucks. It's because <laughs> of the strike. Strikes screen, pushing a lot of stuff ran, back. Screen Rant's throwing a story out there saying that they're not calling it Dead Reckoning Part 2. I haven't read that anywhere except for Screen Rant's. I don't believe that. Why would you not call it Dead Reckoning Part 2 when you market the first one as Dead Reckoning Part 1? Exactly. That makes sense. <laughs> um, that really sucks. It's delayed almost a year to find it's out. It's like, when would we get a Part 2? 
<laughs> the, the next big bad news that's going to come is any day now. I'm expecting Sony to announce that a year delay for Beyond the Spider-Verse, and that's just really going to piss me off. You know. <laughs> but, uh, but I didn't mean, to, uh, you just reminded me um, talking about legacy sequels. and Yeah, sorry, yeah. But, but yeah, Sleepy Hollow, man. Um, this is a re- just a really good, it's a good caught the car film. Uh, you know, it's very entertaining, wonderful set pieces, wonderful fight sequences. Um, actually, when the, when he when he gets his head back at the end, pretty damn good CGI for even 1999. But at this point, you know, we had Terminator and Jurassic Park and the CGI was nothing new. Um, you know, some cool stuff there. Good performances throughout the movie and uh, just just a good watch, man. It, it's streaming on HBO Max if you haven't seen this well. And, uh, and um, but, you know, Sleepy Hollow is based on a uh, a book, right? If I remember correctly, from, from uh, Irving Washington, or Washington. and Scott Irving. Some, yeah, Scott Irving. It's got some uh, myth, myth, mythology behind it, huh, Matt? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of uh, there's some Czech ghost stories that that Scott you know brought with him, and then he was also inspired by uh, seeing one of the battles uh, in the American Revolution where a, a man's head was taken off by cannon fire, and so he you know put some of that lore together and uh, came up with one of America's first ghost stories, and uh, the the story goes is you know there's a a Hessian. Um, which they believe Scott to have encountered uh, at some point. And there was an Ichabod Crane uh, who enlisted in the Marines uh, for about 44, 45 years in 1806. And so Scott came up with this he was in the uh, supernatural. For 45 years? For yeah. 45 years. Wow. 45 years. Yeah. That's insane. Which is crazy. Back then, that's a long time. Yeah. A, mili- a, a military career of that of that length mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty impressive. That's a long time now. It's really a long time for the 1800. Yeah. He did it for basically his whole life. Uh, but um, yeah, so this is based off of a, a spiritual entity um, that lost his head and seeks out the living for revenge and won't rest until he just takes, I guess takes everyone in this village uh, takes their heads, um, and he can't rest until he finds his own. And that's that's the you know whole trope that he's always out there. Um, he's been used in video games. Uh, he's been used in all kinds of cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Disney oh, made an Ichabod and Crane movie. Yeah, or Ichabod and Toad. That was the name of it. Yeah, yeah. I I remember seeing. Uh, I think I remember seeing like a Scooby Doo episode, mm-hmm. uh, and. and yeah, so this is, I mean, it's a tale that goes back a long time. This is older than Paul Bunyan. Uh, this is older than Texas Pete, or Pecos Pete. Um, and, you know, anything that you can think of. Um, so uh, kind of like one of those Mary Shelley Frankenstein stories, um, but something that's, you know, natural born to America, um, brought to us by Scott Irving. Um, so pretty cool. Um, those stories inspired him and along with Ichabod and, uh, we got to enjoy it as a, you know, crucible hammer horror Burton film, uh, you know, in, in this, uh, this last movie that we're talking about for Halloween horrors, man, before we all, yeah. 1980 TV movie with Jeff Goldblum called the legend of sleepy hollow. Really? I didn't know he, he did horror made in 99, the same year this came out. And um, of course, it is a short animated film. The, you know, but so yeah, definitely a movie, um, a tale that's been around for a while. And I and I hate to say, it, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow probably won't be the last movie. No, someone, no. Someone will take on this uh, idea again and and make another film of it, yeah. and uh, at some point in time. Um, but I don't know if it'll be as good as this because uh, Burton's was a uh, pretty pretty solid. You know? Yeah, it's gonna be tough to follow. That's that's for sure. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I can't imagine uh, thinking like who could do this justice today and, and tell the tale in any different way. You know, I mean, there's only so many ways you can tell the story and, uh, you know, and, uh, I think he did it pretty perfect. So, yeah. I even, yeah, he went, uh, off, off the path a little bit. Um, I think Ichabod leaves sooner rather than later and, and Ichabod leaves before the, uh, um, 
before the truth is found out. Uh, because uh, I think Brom, and they allude to part of the story because Brom dresses up and scares him away because he's also fighting for Christina's affection. I mean, you know, man, I, I, I don't, don't blame him. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, I'd be fighting over too, man. Man, if that was me, you man, I'd be like, dude, I'm, I'm gonna scare you, man. I'm gonna take you out with the horseman. I like their little fight, you know. Head right off. <laughs> that's funny uh, their little fight at the beginning and it's like this the signs of disrespect at the time whenever he's like uh, he's like we have not heard your name friend he's like I have not spoke it and he's like oh you you motherfucker oh you know basically you haven't said your name fuck you yeah <laughs> Oh man! And that nowadays it's like it's even worse. You're like, man, I'm I'm going to take your mom out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. Back then, he's like, I will not say my name. Good day. And they're like, oh, whoa, that's a burn, <laughs> you know? Oh man, yeah. Just how you thinking of it that way, <laughs> man? Well, um, we made it through another uh, Halloween horrors month um, this year. Uh, with a pretty solid set of films there with uh, The Fly, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Scream, and Sleepy Hollow, man. And a uh, pretty solid set. Um, yeah, we'll man. Back next year with the four or five more, depending on how many weeks we have. And, and we usually throw a horror film or two throughout the regular year sometimes, too. I mean, it's not just for October. So stay tuned to see what we bring to the table. Um, so next week we're going to, uh, lighten things up a little bit after all this dark, scary blood and guts and things. And, uh, as we, uh, start the, uh, kickoff for the final eight weeks or so of the, the, uh, two, 2023 to, uh, to uh, the countdown to our, uh, Christmas annual Christmas Batman film. And, uh, we'll finish out the Lord of the Rings trilogy by the end of the year as well, but we're going to kick things off with something a little bit lighter next week as uh, we're going to go total stoner comedy and probably, I mean, as much as I do appreciate Clerks and Mallrats, I, this is probably my favorite Kevin Smith film just because it's classic stoner, silly comedy, and that's what I like about it. And that is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Miramax is starting production this Friday on Bluntman and Chronic. Does it say who's playing us in the movie? I'm sure it'll be Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. You know, they put them in a bunch of movies. Jay and Silent Bob are here. Jay and Silent Bob movie? There's a movie being made you two were the basis for. What? And these two guys from Jersey are on a mission. We gotta stop that stupid movie from getting made. Come on, Silent Bob. We're going to Hollywood. If they can manage to get there. How come we ain't getting no rides? Because you're doing it all wrong. Hey, all the hitches do this. It's the first rule in the book. Do you follow the book, too? I live my life by it. You live by the book? Well, you picked us up, didn't you? I gotta. All right. What are you doing? Whoa! We keep our eye on the prize and let nothing distract us. She's a machine, the kind you want to ride, feels like a dream. My friends and I are on a road trip. Your friends, huh? Where are they at? What the? Watch the language, little boy. There's females present? No! Is Hollywood ready for Jay and Silent Bob? Hey! The real Jay and Silent Bob ah! are breaking into show business. I hate how fake Hollywood is. The hard way. We may very well be dealing with the two most dangerous men on the planet. Fire warning shot into his bulbous. Stand there and react. Don't say anything, especially you. All right, people. That's pretty funny. This was a good idea, Lunchbox, and these outfits were totally incognito. Hey, they need you on the set. Another white boy in this movie? Damn! Whoa! Jay and Silent Bob strike back. I think George Lucas gonna sue somebody. Yes. Just it's got kind of, Elijah Dushku in it. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a goofy, fun film. You don't have to think too hard. You sit back and you enjoy it. It's got a lot of great cameos, um, a, a really silly kind of goofy plot. Um, 
but it's so much fun to watch. Um, you know, and uh, looking forward to watching, discussing it, a little something chill, relax after all these dark films we did, and uh, and look back on the um, Kevin Smith because we've covered Clerks one and two, we've covered Dogma, mm-hmm. we covered um, Mallrats, so we probably won't cover Chasing Amy because it's a little a uh, little too heavy romantic. It is. It's pretty us. much a but uh, yeah. We can skip that and go on to the next film. That's Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. So that'll be next week on the show. And anyone ever listens to the podcast knows we're huge Kevin Smith fans. And uh, so we got about once a year we try to cover one of his films. And this will be the, this next week on the show. So it'll be fun. Um, but until then, the rubberradiopodcast.com for all your rubber radio needs. All links are there for our social media and all the wonderful apps you can find us on. And uh, we appreciate it. And we thank you as always for listening. And um, I don't throw this out there very often, but if you happen to listen to us on podcast or iTunes, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, stop for a second, leave us a little quick five-star review. We'd appreciate it. Definitely. I think you can even leave reviews on Spotify now too and on iHeartRadio. I think all of them. So whatever you listen to us on, leave us a quick review because it helps us out, gets us into the algorithms, and we appreciate it. But um, that's all for this week, and that's all for the month of October. Be safe out there on Halloween this week. And uh, until next week, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. Remember, as always, just go there. Just go there and do it.